And the GPS tried to take me on this like weird not road, but suddenly like I slide a little bit and then my car is like half off the road and almost ready to topple into a ditch. Welcome back to Drive With Us, a podcast where we bring on a new guest each episode to talk about the crazy things they've experienced on the road, who they are as drivers, and how they became the driver that they are today. I'm Bhavni. And I'm Taranjeet. And today we are joined by not one, but two drivers. We have Harmony, a former journalist who lives in New York, and Maggie, an independent museum consultant who lives in Washington. These two girls are best friends and they co-host the Rebel Girls Book Club podcast. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Let's get started um, with you guys introducing yourselves and giving our listeners a little bit about you. Okay, well, I am Harmony. Um, I am one half of Rebel Girls Book Club, which is a podcast that talks about um, books from a feminist literary analysis lens. And... I used to be a journalist, and I'm trying to become a librarian. I'm Maggie. I'm the other half of the aforementioned podcast. Um, I am an independent museum consultant, uh, which is a fancy way of saying that I'm self-employed, which is a little unfortunate during the pandemic, but you know, it's all right. We'll all survive. Um, And I live in Washington State. And I live in New York. (laughs) So you guys have mentioned that I think... Maggie taught Harmony to drive? I did. My husband and I did (laughs) taught Harmony to drive. (laughs) Were you guys living in the same place before? Yes. So Maggie and I met during our college years and I got my license. I think in I think I got my license at 22. My parents refused to teach me how to drive because they both had stick shifts. And so I was at that point in my life living kind of far away from my father who lived in the same state. And Maggie was really like a, a caretaker to me, but we, we lived all throughout college together. Yeah. Uh, and Harmony really needed to get her driver's license because she was working, <laughs> uh, like 45 minutes away from where we lived. And I somehow got wrangled into being her chauffeur. Uh, <laughs> so I was, I was driving, uh, all over, all over the place to pick her up, uh, and take her to work. Uh, but I couldn't teach her to drive myself because I wasn't old enough at the time. You have to be like 21 mm-hmm. or something to, yeah. um, you know, teach somebody to drive by yourself. So I had to wrangle um, my husband, Damien, into it. So we used his car and he had to sit in the front seat. Uh, and we both just kind of like tag teamed teaching <laughs> Harmony to drive. <laughs> it was a group effort. Yeah. Takes a village, you know? <laughs> yeah. How was the experience? Maggie, do you want to answer that? <laughs> <laughs> she always made it out to be like, oh, I'm such a terrible driver. This is going to be awful and like blah, blah, blah. And then she was totally fine behind the wheel. Um, Just with you guys, though. Not with everyone else. Yeah. You were a little anxious, um, <laughs> but you were, you were, you were perfectly, you were a perfectly adequate driver. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's being charitable. Um, yeah, I was very anxious. <laughs> and things like stop signs, other cars would freak me out, driving too fast. Yeah, it was a real struggle to get you to drive the speed limit for a long time. <laughs> I think it's like that with a lot of uh, new drivers. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And I had I had tried to learn how to drive when I was like 15, 16, because that's when you get your learner's permit in the state that uh, I grew up in. But it was just such a bad experience because I was trying to do it on stick shift and my father was not the most patient with me that it gave me like a lot of anxiety moving forward. So did you, uh, have you learned how to drive a stick shift now or is it just like, no, automatic all the way? Automatic all the way. I mean, I've only ever had one car. I live in New York City now, so I haven't driven in a year. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, no, auto, no stick shifts for me. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe in the future. Maggie, do you know how to drive a stick? No, I'm also automatic all the way. But if there was ever an occasion where like somebody was willing to teach me, I'd be happy to learn. Um, it's just never come up. Yeah, I feel that way too. It's like I, I would like to learn, but I feel like it's very complicated at the same time. I'm really scared I'm going to totally mess up somebody's car. Because exactly. I know that you, could, yeah, that you could just do awful, awful things. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why my parents stopped trying to teach me how to drive because I kept on using the brake too forcefully and like forgetting to do the gear shift right. And I would stall out in front of red lights. Oh, that sounds concerning. (laughs) It is. It's concerning. People were not happy. The other drivers (laughs) on the road. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Harmony. So one of the questions we love asking on our show is, have you had any crazy or like entertaining or interesting driving experiences? Harmony's answer to this question could probably go on for eons. Um, (laughs) I taught her to drive, but I didn't do a great job. (laughs) Um, I think for me, probably the craziest thing that I've ever done driving is I drove from New York state to Washington state. So like a little under 3000 miles in eight days in the middle of winter, Um, which might not be crazy to some people, but for me was a huge, huge deal. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd never driven that far ever in my life. And we got, (laughs) when we hit Colorado, we got um, my GPS messed up. So we were supposed to, when we hit Denver, go north up to Fort Collins. But instead, the GPS took us all the way through the Rocky Mountains in the middle of January. And that's when I discovered that I cannot drive in the mountains. I was bricking it, just like absolutely white knuckled the entire seven hours. And Damien had to drive the whole way (laughs) because I just couldn't keep it together. Um... And it was icy and there was this RV in front of us that kept hitting a patch of ice and its back would like swing out and we're so high. Uh, I still have nightmares about that drive. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Yeah, I have a lot of similar snow, snow-like stories because my car didn't have all-wheel drive. And when I got it, I was living in Vermont and... um I was also an essential employee. So like when the when really bad snowstorms happened, I had to drive on the road and it was never a good scene. But one of my crazier stories is very similar to Maggie's where I was driving with my my partner um, up to Montreal and I had it was during like the worst snowstorm we had seen in like a decade and from from southern Vermont. Uh, I was driving with my two-wheel drive and we finally got to Montreal at like three in the morning and I kept on 
trying to like park the car or drive through the state the the streets which were being plowed so it wasn't too bad and i kept on getting stuck in snowbanks and random people who were passing by would like push me out of the snowbanks or my boyfriend would have to get out because he refused to drive the car um and shovel me out so like every few seconds i would get stuck in a snowbank and then i would drive a little bit more and on the same block get stuck in another snowbank and like a squad of people would just start following me around so that they could help me push my car out <laughs> of the snowbank. And my boyfriend almost broke up with me from that experience. That was like the big, the big, big thing for him because I made him go to Montreal in this really not snow equipped car during such a bad snowstorm. <laughs> but we survived, so. <laughs> oh, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you had your own personal like group of people to help you out the whole way. <laughs> yeah, Canadians are really, really nice. They were very patient with me. I also had, um, there was a time in which my car was kind of falling apart because I was, it was my first car and I was not delicate with it. And I was driving to visit the same boyfriend in New York because that's where he lived. It was about a two and a half hour drive. And um, halfway through from Vermont to New York, I got a flat tire. And I didn't know that's what it was, but my car like started shaking and rambling and I had to like slide off the road and I get out and I'm like really cutely dressed. I had just gotten out of work and I had this like cute little halter dress on and some makeup because these were the early days of dating. And I sit there and I look at the, the flat tire and I'm like, I don't know what to do. And I call some people and I don't have triple A. So I'm, I'm sitting there just like on the side of the road looking at this flat tire. And then I eventually start bawling. And as like, 10 seconds after I start bawling, this truck pulls up with like 20 men inside and they stop <laughs> and they see me and they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I have a flat tire and I have no idea what to do. And I didn't have service, so I couldn't Google it. And they came to my rescue and 20 minutes later, I had a my replacement tire, which I didn't know existed because I couldn't find it. Um, onto the car they found it like underneath something fancy some little hatch and they put it on for me and i was on my way back to new york it sounds like you attract groups of people to help you yeah i do actually <laughs> that's how yeah, many got friends. Friend. yeah what? yeah <laughs> that is that's the story of our friendship <laughs> so are you still comfortable driving in the snow or would you rather just not drive when it's snowing I got a lot better at it because I had to drive a lot for my job as I was working as a local reporter. Um, I think it was it was a year that I had my car and I was working as a local reporter and uh, I had to drive up to like an hour or so for like on the daily, just on the job to go to different places. And it was Vermont, so it was snowy. So I think I got a lot, lot better at it eventually. Practice makes perfect. See, I feel the opposite now because I used to feel totally confident driving in snow because, you know, it snows all the time in the northeastern portion of the United States. Um, But now I live in Washington state and it never snows here. So while I'm comfortable and confident driving in the snow, no one else is. And everyone else makes the danger level so high that it's not even worth trying that. And there's like one plow for my whole County and there's no salt. So whenever it snows, I just refuse to leave the house. (laughs) (laughs) So do they, I guess, shut down more easily 
in Washington as they do as compared to like in the east. Oh yeah, in Seattle it snows two inches and it's all over. Just everything's canceled, <laughs> everything's closed. They're babies about it. They they have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> I didn't realize that Washington it didn't snow that much. I would think that since it's more north. It does in the eastern part of the state, but once you cross over um, the Cascade Mountains, uh, mm-hmm. we it's like a much more temperate climate. Uh, we essentially just like live in a rainforest, so it it stays wet and rainy all year. Do you prefer getting snow, or do you like it raining more? I lived for too many years in the snow, so the rain is cool. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) That's how I feel. (laughs) The snow is just too much but then i end up being a party pooper because when it does snow here everyone's all excited and they're like oh it's so beautiful and so fantastic and i'm like i've seen enough snow to last my entire lifetime and this can go away (laughs) that is exactly how i feel everyone is always like oh my god snow and i'm like but that means shoveling (laughs) yeah there's just too much work involved with snow it's true There are typically stereotypes that are associated with drivers of different areas. Um, In your state, are there any stereotypes associated with your drivers? I grew up in Connecticut, and that's where I learned to drive. And I feel like the stereotype there is essentially just like, drive very, very fast, but you're not as bad as New York and Massachusetts. Um, And in Washington, I don't really think that there's many stereotypes, although I do... I will say my style of driving is uh, still very reminiscent of how I learned to drive. So I drive a lot faster than the average Joe around here. <laughs> so so you're the uh, quote-unquote crazy driver over there. Mm, yeah, I think some people would probably say that. But honestly, I'm a pretty cautious driver in general. Um the only like sort of risk I take, so to speak, is that I'm a relatively fast driver. Um, but I'm scared to do things that everyone else thinks are like super normal. Like a, you know how on the road where it'll go um, to instead of the double yellow line, that'll be the single like dash line. I, I almost said the yeah. line. <laughs> I lost the word for a second. Uh, and then you can like pass if somebody's going too slow. I have never once in my life done that. I'm terrified that I'm going to try and then out of nowhere, somebody's going to come and like hit me and then, and then chaos will ensue. Um, So yeah, maybe not a crazy driver. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm definitely a little bit more crazy than you, Maggie, because I've done that a ton of times, the passing on the double line or the, the broken line. I mean, you're a bolder person than I am in general, though. So <laughs> what about you, Harmony? What are your, uh, what do you want to dive into the New York State stereotypes? I don't even know the New York State stereotypes. I just know that I hate New York drivers. And I grew, I mean, yeah, I learned how to drive in Massachusetts. And Massachusetts is supposed to be the worst at driving. They call us massholes for a reason. I think that they're fine and you just kind of have to be aggressive. And I think it gets a bad rep because our roads are so crazy. Like they're, they're usually not in a grid pattern and we do have a lot of crazy, I don't know, New York, New England is built funny and therefore Massachusetts roads are wild and winters really take a toll on them. 
But I would take Boston is no joke. I don't think it's that bad. I had no problem driving in Boston except for all the potholes. (laughs) Um, yeah, I did. I did uh, mess up my bumper on one really big pothole in Cambridge. But like driving wise with the other drivers, people in Boston, I think, are pretty understanding. Like they can tell that you're out of town and they get that their roads are crazy. So they'll just back off and let you like do whatever it is you're going to do but in new york and it's not just new york city it's new york state too they love honking and they'll they're just they're awful they're awful and inconsiderate new yorkers are inconsiderate people you guys (laughs) i don't know if anyone knows this but they are super inconsiderate they'll like stop in the middle of a road and just like take their stuff out and this happens in albany new york too so it's not just the city they stop in the middle of super narrow roads and they'll like pop their trunk and they'll be there for like a half hour and you can't get past them and they honk all the time for no reason like if you're driving around looking for a parking spot you're probably driving a little slower than normal they hate it and they'll honk at you and they're just crazy no one uses turn signals yeah New Yorkers, bad drivers, much worse than Massachusetts. I feel like your New York's not the only state that doesn't use signals. Like down here in Maryland, no one uses signals either. They just kind of just keep merging and you're like, oh, okay. I guess you wanted to get in front of me. Oh, that makes me so mad. The signal <laughs> thing. Oh my gosh. I thought it was bad when I lived um, in Massachusetts. And then I came to Washington and I realized how much worse it can be. I've, oh, it, no one here <laughs> uses their signals. It's so infuriating. But they all drive so slow there. So maybe it's a little bit easier. Yeah, but still, it's, it's one of those things, though, where it's like, suddenly you're stopping and you don't know why. And then somebody's turning and it's like, wow, if only there was some way you could have told me that you were going to do that instead <laughs> of just stopping for no reason. <laughs> I could not agree with you more. (laughs) So now that we've heard some of your crazy stories, we have some questions to get to know what kind of driver you are even more, even though we've heard some stories along those lines. Are you the type of person who would rather drive or be a passenger in a car? I would rather drive. I would typically rather be a passenger. I think it depends who's driving if it's not me. Um, But I actually... I'm blessed because I don't get motion sickness. So I get a lot of really good reading done in the car. So if if it's somebody I trust, I'd rather let them drive and I'll just read the whole time. <laughs> I trust no one. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been in a car where you were a passenger and you were like, I shouldn't have gotten in this car? Yeah, every time Harmony drives. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. You haven't seen me towards my... Well, maybe you did. Have you ever been a passenger, like, after after I got some actual driving under my belt? I have, indeed. I was just joking, <laughs> but you're really not that bad. Uh, yeah, there's definitely been times. My friend Sean, um, I, I refuse to get in a car driven by him anymore. He drives, I said I drive fast. He drives fast and <laughs> scary, and his merging is just so zip, 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 zoom, and that gives me a lot of anxiety. I don't like drivers that... Um aren't good at merging or turn signals. So like my father is kind of like that and he's very jerky and he uses his phone a lot while he drives and he refuses to relinquish the control for navigation over to a passenger. 
So I hate driving with him. And I also hate driving with my partner because I think he's a really horrible driver. And he thinks I'm worse than he is. And I don't understand it. Um, And he also constantly forgets to use turn signals. I don't think he gets to talk after he made you drive all the way up to Montreal. I mean. (laughs) I think that was because it was a snowstorm. I think if it. Yeah. I think if it wasn't a snowstorm and I wasn't forcing him to go, he would have volunteered to drive. <laughs> if you weren't kidnapping him. Yeah, it was it was very much I, co- I coerced that. It was my bad. I was. Yeah, it was not completely consensual. I kind of. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I just leave it at that, I guess. <laughs> so you kind of touched on this a little bit, but how would you describe the kind of driver you are and would your family and friends describe your driving the same way? No, they would not. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm an okay driver. Um, I tend to go pretty fast, but only on country roads. And I'm actually really confident because I lived in Vermont on country roads and like with some trickier driving scenarios. And I'm not too, too bad in cities either. If I have a destination and I have like my navigation set up, all of my all of my friends, except for Maggie, think I'm a horrible driver because they watched me learning how to drive. And it was a nightmare, me learning how to drive. Um, and I think my family also thinks I'm a really horrible driver because they tried to teach me how to drive and then gave up. Uh, I would probably be described as a an overly anxious and cautious driver. I really, if I don't know where I'm going or I'm going somewhere for the first time, I get really like jumpy and nervous uh, to the point where I don't think it's fun to be a passenger in a car I'm driving. If I know where I'm going, I'm like a really confident, easygoing sort of driver. Um, But I think that most of my family and friends only get in the car with me when I'm going somewhere new Um, because I live so far away from pretty much everyone that I know. Um, (laughs) So we're like out doing adventurous things. So that they would probably agree with agree with that. Um, it took me it took me four years after getting my driver's license to drive on the highway. It scared me so bad. Oh, wow. <laughs> As one of my youth friends, I think she's a terrific driver. Thanks, but you're obligated to say that. No, I'm not. I'm really not. I think you're one of the better people I've driven with. I did drive you a lot. Yeah, I drove you so many places. <laughs> So how did you get the confidence, I guess, for lack of better words, to get onto the highway? Oh, I just literally couldn't avoid it anymore. <laughs> I, um, you had to get on the highway to drive from my parents' house up to school. And I had like officially moved out of my parents' house. So I, I was with them for a couple of weeks. And then I had to go back up to where we went to undergrad for the summer because I was working and I had to move in. Um and because I was working, I needed a car. So I, I just, I had to do it. Uh, and it wasn't that bad. And now I'm a pretty confident highway driver. Certain things still make me nervous. I really hate driving next to 18 wheelers. They drive me insane. Uh, just their mere existence in the world. Um, <laughs> but it was one of those things where I think I just put it off for so long that I built it up so much in my head. And then I just couldn't get myself to do it until it was absolutely necessary. Yeah, I agree with you on the 18-wheelers. 
I hate driving next to them or anywhere near them. I always try to get past them really fast or stay back. Yeah, me too. I had an experience when I was younger. Um, I was in the car with a friend and her mom was driving and we were driving to New York City and an 18 wheeler almost merged into us just because we were in their blind spot and they didn't see us. Uh, and that was a real formative experience for me. I've never let that one go. <laughs> yeah, that is always my fear. So I'm always like, I will go an extra lane over. <laughs> I'm not driving next to you. Oh, yeah. I always just pass them. The, the 18 wheelers. I like fearless. I'm fearless. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this next question comes from our personal experience. Um, we've been in a lot of situations where we should have honked in warning for some reason, but we just didn't do it. Have you, Are you the type of person who honks at people or do you not? I never honk. Ever. Yeah, I'm not a honker either. Um, even in situations where like for safety's sake, I probably should. I, I freeze up whenever something bad's happening. I My fight or flight experience or just instinct kicks in and I'm a, uh, I'm a freeze and fight sort of person. Uh, and it gets to the point where sometimes something bad's happening and I'm like locked into the steering wheel and my husband will reach over and honk for me because I just can't move. <laughs> I, I I definitely am not someone who honks either. It, my reaction is always to like get out of the way rather than like honk at them. It's like save myself. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think there's maybe been a few instances when I lived in New York City where somebody maybe was going to merge into me and I finally learned how to use my horn. But for the most part, I'm pretty quiet. Yeah, at one point I'm like, it's it's on my bucket list. I, I want to honk at someone who deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually, I actually did. Oh, you did it? Yep. What happened? I was coming home from work and someone was about to just turn straight into me. I was in the lane next to them and I just, it wasn't like a full on hold it and let it go on forever kind of thing. But then he like had the audacity to turn at me and glare at me and i was like you're the one who almost ran into me oh other people are the worst (laughs) exactly so speaking of honking and annoying drivers what would you say is your biggest driving pet peeve i cannot stand it when people don't go the speed limit at, at least i understand if people don't want to go above the speed limit but like if we're and a 40 and you're going 35, I'm pissed off about it. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, that annoys me too. I think a lot of things annoy me. I think I'm an angry driver. Um, for me, it's probably turn signals or like unnecessary honking. Like when people honk, but there's a pedestrian crossing the street and you don't want to hit them. Those people are bad people. Blanket statement. <laughs> I feel like we are such similar drivers. I agree with your points. That's how I feel when I'm driving. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I feel that way about turn signal people too, though. Because it's like, why are you not trying to warn the rest of us about your decisions? It's so easy. It's not that hard to use a turn signal. I don't understand why people forego it. It's like, you know it's there. You you had to use it on your test. You know it's there. (laughs) (laughs) They exist. Some people just like to live on the edge. <laughs> yeah, make others live on the edge with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're putting everybody's life at risk, dude. Just use your turn signal. So have any of you ever experienced road rage, whether it was towards you or it was you yourself that was experiencing it? Yeah, I'm a yeller. 
I have really bad road <laughs> rage, actually. I never, like, act on it. It's never the sort of thing where I'm, like, honking or trying to make myself known. But I will sit in my car knowing full well that you can't hear me and just really let you have it. <laughs> yeah, it's actually kind of scary because Maggie, for the most part, presents herself as being kind of mild-mannered and she can be pretty quiet. So when you're in the car with her and she starts like swearing at the storm, it's it's a little frightening. <laughs> I feel like it's just one of those things too where if somebody else is in the car with me, I like to talk for the most part. Uh, so I'll be like having a conversation, you know, just totally normal. And then in the middle of it, we'll just completely switch so that I can cuss out whoever's pissing me off at that moment. <laughs> and then not really acknowledge what just happened and just sort of switch back to whatever sentence I was saying before it happened. It's a bad habit. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I think, yeah, I think I'm usually the one with the road rage. I'm sure I've experienced other people being mad at me because I've, for someone who doesn't have a long driving record, I've driven a lot of places and have had to put a lot of driving hours under my belt. Um, and I've been an, an, an inexperienced driver for most of that. So I know I've made a lot of other people angry and I've, but it, it hasn't like, no one's ever got out of their car to yell at me or anything. Usually it's just me like glaring at somebody or flipping them off. I've done a lot of flipping people off. Has anyone that you were, I guess, mad at saw you getting mad at them? Yeah. Yeah, and usually they'll shrug or something. I'm not a particularly scary-looking person, so I don't know. Sometimes they'll shrug or they'll flip me off back, but that's the extent of it. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever noticed me get mad at them. Because like I said, for the most part, it's really it probably still just looks like I'm talking. Maybe slightly angrier, but... <laughs> <laughs> so there's been a lot of changes in even when they teach students how to drive in the way to properly like hold a steering wheel and to properly like drive so when you drive how do you typically hold the steering wheel and what would you consider is the correct way uh i definitely do it the incorrect way uh i drive <laughs> with exactly three fingers uh, on my left hand <laughs> on the bottom of the steering wheel and that's it. I mean, unless I'm like turning or something, I'm not one of those people who's ever figured out how to turn one handed. That's a two handed operation for me. But if I'm just like driving on a straightaway, it's my thumb, pointer finger and middle finger on my left hand on the bottom left corner of the steering wheel. And that's it. <laughs> oh, wow. Are you going fast? Or is it just like reasonable speeds? All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> I think I usually drive the correct way. There is occasionally like one-handed stuff that happens if I'm eating or something or I need to like change the music or podcast up. But for the most part, I think I'm pretty standard with that. And I do the hand over hand turn as well, which I think is what they taught me. Yeah, I think when we were in driver's ed, it was 10 and 2. But I think now they're teaching them 9 and 3. Or they're like even at the bottom, like whatever feels good. Really? Okay. I, yeah. <laughs> 10 to, I think mine is just like, it was like just across, like a straight uh, horizontal line. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It's been a little while. I guess in the UK, most people drive at the bottom of the steering wheel. So it really is, I think, just like a personal cultural preference for the most part. Um, but that's actually part of the reason why I started driving at the bottom of the wheel was because I was really uncomfortable holding my arms up all the time. Um, 
in that like 10 and two position. It just like didn't work for me. So my driver, my driving teacher was like, just hold the bottom of the wheel. Then it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) My driving instructor was the opposite. He's like, why would you hold it at the bottom? You have no control as compared to at the top. And I'm like, okay, I'm holding it at the top. (laughs) (laughs) Do you tend to drive differently when you're with someone as opposed to if you're by yourself? I think I'm a worse driver when I'm with someone because they're distracting. And usually I don't know where I'm going when I'm with someone. So I feel like most of the mistakes I make happen when somebody else is in the car. What about you, Maggie? A likely story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think I'm probably a pretty similar driver with other people in the car. Um, I think that it's just for me, like the atmosphere changes uh, and we'll like talk or something instead of listening to music or whatever I usually do. To be honest with you, I used to drive all the time, just absolutely constantly. And now I live in an area where um, I don't drive very often. There's really good public transit here. uh, And I work really far away. So taking the car is annoying. So it's almost hard to I think in that way, I've changed now, where whereas I used to be a wicked confident driver. Now I think I get nervous and more jumpy when I feel like someone's looking at me like somebody's watching in the car. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's what it is for me because I feel like everyone's always judging me. And most of the people that have had to drive with me already think I'm a bad driver. So then I get all psyched out. It's a lot of pressure. And Damien is a backseat driver. (laughs) (laughs) That's really interesting. He was so good with me. He was a great teacher. So that is very, very interesting. (laughs) Yeah, he's nicer to a lot of people than he is to me. It seems messed up, you know? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So when you typically drive, do you like listening to music or podcasts or do you need it to be like absolutely quiet? I spent a lot of time during my driving days doing long, longer drives. Um, and I have a tendency to like become a, narcolept- a narcoleptic if I get bored easily. Um, so I always have like music or podcasts going and it really just kind of depends on my mood. I think usually my preference is podcasts, but if it's like a sunny day and I just want to relax, I'll I'll put on a playlist. I usually drive in silence, actually. I just really, I don't know why. I think for me, being behind the wheel is a zen enough place where like I can just sit there and sort of sit with my thoughts for a while. Um, and I'm also the kind of person, especially again, if I'm going somewhere new and I'm and and I feel like nervous and stuff, where I really have to concentrate on what I'm doing. Um, so even if I'm listening to music and suddenly I don't know where I am or what I'm doing anymore, or something unexpected happens, I turn it off immediately. I feel the same way. I actually am really bad with directions. So when I'm going somewhere new. I always have to either have my sister. Oh, she's terrible. Yeah, I'm terrible <laughs> with directions. She has to tell me exactly where to go or we'll end up somewhere that we have no idea. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. It's hard. I'm very dependent on my GPS. And I got really good at just like listening to it. So if you hook up the Bluetooth and the GPS is going, then it will interrupt the music and tell me what I need to know. The Bluetooth. What a fancy lady you are. I know. <laughs> I drive a 1997, so I'm salty about all all nice car things. <laughs> I guess if you could get your dream car, what would it be? 
Something that has power locks and power windows. <laughs> I miss them <laughs> desperately. So any car that has it. <laughs> yeah, any anyone. Anything is an upgrade. I don't even know what power locks are. What are they, Maggie? Oh, you know how you when when you like lock your car, you just press a button on the key fob and it does it for you? Your car doesn't. Okay, I see. Yeah, I just gotta like <laughs> stick the key in and then wiggle it around and then Aww. analog, you know? I can see that. I can see that. I think for me, it's completely aesthetic. I would like a VW Bug or I would want one of those like itty bitty little electric cars because they're so cute and I want to save the planet. <laughs> Harmony, if you ever drew- drove a VW Bug, you would just become a walking cliche. Like <laughs> so rude. <laughs> I've always wanted one, though. They're so cute. I think, actually, I um, would probably want some sort of convertible. My dad uh, works on cars in his spare time. He has a 73 Ford Mustang convertible that is bright yellow. Um, and it was always such a treat in the summer when he'd, like, take us out with the with the top down and stuff. And I have a lot of really good memories in the convertible. So I think that if I... Maybe if I lived in a place where it didn't rain nine months out of the year, uh, that would probably be like my dream situation. Yeah, there's probably no point of a convertible if you have to keep the roof up all the time. Yeah, not 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 here. Not right now. But one day, maybe. <laughs> well, switching gears a little bit, now that we know the type of driver you are, let's go back to how it started. I know you guys touched on it a little bit, but... Um, if you could describe your first time driving experience and what kind of, if you experienced any fails or was it easy for you? I failed three times, but to be fair, because Maggie and her now husband were the ones teaching me and they had very busy schedules and he didn't live with us at the time, he lived far away. I really only got like 14 hours of driving experience before I took my test and I was trying to do it like within the course of a week because I really needed to get my license right then and there. Um, so yeah, I failed two times and it took me until my third time because I couldn't get parallel parking down. Mm. <laughs> my first time driving, uh, I was 15, about to turn 16. And so my dad was like, I'll just take you for a spin around the neighborhood so that we can start getting you practicing. Um, and then it went really badly uh, I was driving too far to the right for his liking and it really made him panic. And my dad is usually hard to ruffle. Like he's very calm and confident and he was like yelling at me and he grabbed the steering wheel. We were gone for like seven minutes, I think, before we made it back up my driveway. And I, in the most dramatic, just like teenage girl way, I walked in the house and I went, I'm never driving with him ever again. <laughs> and then my mom had to teach me how to drive. Aww. He still doesn't like it when I drive. He's like definitely the kind of person that just needs to be in control all the time. He hates it when I drive. Uh, he won't let me drive the the Mustang, but my brother can, which just seems like such... Mm, it makes me mad. That's not fair. <laughs> no, it's not fair. Is your brother a better driver than you, Maggie? Probably. Although he's really fast and really furious. Like he'll go 90 the whole way if he thinks he can get away from it with it. That's fair. That tracks with what I know of your brother. Yeah. So could you pass your driver's test if you had to take it today? And would you say where you got your license, the test is easy or do you think it's kind of difficult? Oh, Massachusetts is actually apparently one of the harder places to get your license. It's like in New York, you don't even know have to know how to parallel park, I think. 
And I think that's true for Connecticut too, because I think I remember trying to get someone to teach me and nobody I knew could. I had people from New York and New Hampshire and Connecticut, and no one could teach me how to parallel park. That's really surprising for New York (laughs) that you don't have to parallel park. Yeah, yeah, it is very surprising. You would think that that would be a requirement. But Massachusetts, apparently, I think I've read that it's one of the hardest places um, in terms of driving tests. Massachusetts just likes to make life difficult in every way. (laughs) Uh, I definitely could not pass the driver's exam today because... You have to, in Connecticut, you don't have to parallel park. Harmony was right about that. Or at least, I think you do in some parts of Connecticut, but just not where I took my test. You had to back in park, and I cannot back in park to save my life. In fact, the first time I took the test, I almost failed it. They had to give me a second chance to back in park because, like, I just can't do it. Spatially, my brain just does not work that way. That, that's really weird <laughs> because I, I don't know. I That's the only way I will park. <laughs> oh, really? yeah. Teach yeah. me your ways. <laughs> I hate forward parking because then I'm like, it's so much more of a hassle getting out. Just back in. It is a hassle to get out. Absolutely. I don't think I've ever backed in parked in my life. So that's that's terrifying, Maggie. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, our dad, I think the first thing he taught us was to reverse park. He didn't teach us forward parking. He just, he taught us to reverse park because he likes doing it. So I guess that's how we. Back in parking is such a dad thing. My dad, that was the only (laughs) thing my dad taught me how to do was how to back in park. And it was like towards the end of my driving experience. So I was a much better driver at that point. And so he just took me to a parking lot and he made me back in park like 100 times. And I got it maybe one out of every five times. So are you able to parallel park now? And do you think that it should be a requirement on all driving tests? I I don't know because it has been a year since I've dri- drive, driven, driven. <laughs> so to answer <laughs> your previous question, I think I ignored it before. I don't think I would pass the driver's test now. And yeah, I don't know if I could parallel park now. I think I probably could if I was given some practice, but it might take me a hot sec. I do think it should be a requirement, though, because as someone that's had to drive a lot of places, it really it's really, really very useful whenever you're in a city. Yeah, I can parallel park. Sometimes sometimes I can't always do it in one go. But Harmony and I had an apartment our senior year of college where the majority of the parking situation was just like parallel parking on the street. So I had to get good at it really fast. So although it is rusty now, so it definitely probably would take me more than one shot to do it. Uh, And I do think that it should be a requirement because I never really I mean, I was taught how to do it in driving school, but because I never had to really care about it for for long after that, when I was in a situation where I did have to parallel park all the time, I essentially had to teach myself from scratch, which was unfortunate. And I think that if it was on the driver's test, I would have cared more about getting good at it before I actually needed it. Here, here. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I feel like parallel parking should be a requirement, but I think here in Maryland, they just recently took it off. So when our brother went to go take the test, he just had to reverse park and then drive drive on the road. <laughs> wow. Lucky kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Which I don't know, because now I'm just, like, scared. Whoever gets their license, it's like, watch out. They don't really, like, they don't have, they, they had it easy, like, to get their license. So how much, how much do they really know? I know, right? It's like, how how much could you possibly, could you possibly know if they just keep making the tests easier and easier? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, in one, I feel like, hmm, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's good to make driving in itself more accessible because our society relies on it so much but i do agree that it's scary to know that there are people out there that haven't learned how to do basic road things yeah i agree but i feel like most of the barriers around um driving aren't necessarily like the difficulty of the exam for the most part it's the fact that it's so expensive to learn how to drive no matter what like you have to pay for driver's ed yeah. and t- driver's ed is like such a long experience anyways um and the test is expensive yeah and then cars Very are true. expensive even if you know how to drive yes <laughs> getting a loan is almost impossible if you don't have like some sort of financial backer yeah there's a lot of things that go into driving but young kids don't consider those things. They just think, oh, yeah, I can just get my license and it's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so going back to a question we asked earlier, I'm just curious because you guys have lived in different states. Do you have to retake the test when you go to the other state or can you just transfer your license? You can just transfer, I think. You might have to take a, um, well, for me at least, when I went and got my new license in Vermont, you you take like the the written portion of the test i think maybe no oh, really? i didn't think no i don't think i did that never mind i lied <laughs> i think i just had to transfer it yeah i just had to transfer mine too um they didn't make me do anything special or fancy except for wait at the dmv for 10 hours you know <laughs> casual dmv things that's a process in it of itself yeah i wonder if different states have different rules though yeah i don't know that would be interesting but I feel like they might not just because, you know, you can drive through any state with a as long as you've been licensed in one state. So I feel like it would be kind of hard to, like, catch people out in that, you know? That's true. But different places have different road rules. Like, in Massachusetts, we can turn um, right on red. And that's not true for every state. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I don't know. I know that in certain countries, if you, like, go and you rent a car, they make you... Not, like, take a test or anything, but you have to uh, sit through, uh, like, an educational video, essentially, um, that talks about, you know, the specific eccentricities, I guess, of driving in that specific place. Like, New Zealand does that. That's cool. Not that I've ever been to New Zealand. I don't know why I know that, but that's (laughs) a fact that's in my head, apparently. Yeah, I I think I've heard that. Yeah, I think one of my past co-workers, they went to Australia, and I think he was telling me when they rented the car, they had them practice out back before they could drive off with the car. Oh, that's smart. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that makes a lot of sense, because especially once you start, you know, driving in different countries, it is, like, really different. Especially when it's on the other side of the road. Oh, that's my great fear in life, is I never want to drive on the other side of the road. I feel like I would, I feel like I would, something terrible would happen. Is that how it is in Australia, too? I know it's like that for most of Europe, but Australia does that as well? Yes. Yes, (laughs) Yes, they do. It's so confusing. Yeah, we went there, I think, last April. And yeah, when we were on the other side of the road, it just felt weird sitting in the car on the other side. 
Yeah, that is terrifying. I feel like that's one of those reality things where it's like everything is perfectly normal, but something doesn't feel quite right. And it just builds that sense of unease in you. (laughs) So getting into a little more crazy stories again, with driving, there comes a lot of risks. And I know, Harmony, you mentioned that you crashed into an illegally parked car. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was three days after I got my car. Um, We we were living off college. Like, it was our senior year of college, um, although I think I was technically graduated. And we lived off campus at kind of, like, the party part of our school. And um, parking there was really, really hard to come by. And so people would park on the wrong side of the street and no one would really do anything about them be- about it because the cops knew that and, and the ticket people do they knew that parking was hard to come by and it just wasn't really an issue and i think there was maybe a big party there the night before so parking was extra hard to come by and i had broken my french press and had no way to get coffee So I took my car out and went to Walmart and was super exhausted because I had worked super late. Um, And I'm coming back with my brand new French press and my brand new car. And um, as I'm driving, I hear this like crash. And it was my passenger side mirror colliding with the passenger side mirror of the vehicle that was illegally parked on the other side of the road. And I didn't know it was illegally parked at the time. So I freaked out and um, I was just like, I still I still hadn't driven that much at this point because I only had 14 hours of driving experience before I got my license. So it was really just like me going to and from work and kind of still becoming comfortable behind the wheel. So I'm stopped in the middle of the road and I knew I had to get my car like out of the middle of the road, but there was really no good place for me to put it. So I drove across the street kind of the wrong way into um, a campus parking lot, stopped there, called the campus police and was like, I just hit a car and um, I'm not at the scene anymore, but I did that because I felt like it was unsafe to remain at the scene, but there is a car that was hit and I don't know who it belongs to. And can someone come over here and like, tell me what to do. And um, the woman that came by was a campus police officer. She was like somebody in the upper part of campus police. And at this point I was technically graduated, but she didn't know that. And we had interacted before and our interactions before were not pleasant because I worked at the student newspaper and she was a part of the campus police and they were trying to withhold information that they legally were not allowed to withhold with us. And we had gotten into a um, a screaming match the semester before because she was trying to withhold information. And so she came and she knew me at this point. And I think that she thought that I was a force to be reckoned with maybe, I don't know, because she was very polite to me. Um, I think she was a little scared because I had called out her department for withholding information illegally from the student newspaper. So she she was very kind to me and like talked me through as I'm crying and, and talking about the scene. And she was like, oh, nothing bad is going to happen to you. Do not tell your insurance company. And just so you know, this car is illegally parked. So you are in the right here. 
And the kid whose car I hit, I had totaled his mirror as well. There was significant damage. And he eventually came out and saw that I hit his car and was really, really angry with me. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I talked to the campus police officer. She said not to tell our insurance company because you're illegally parked. And we're filing like a police report. And I don't know what to do in this situation. Um, is there like money I can pay you even though I don't have any money because I was very, very broke at the time. And he, yeah, (laughs) he like was going to call his uncle and he was very angry at me and like consult with his uncle to see whether or not we needed to file an insurance claim. And then he instead talked to the campus police officer and I don't know what she said to him, but he came back and was like, I'm so sorry that I parked illegally. And we're not going to report it to the insurance company. Yeah. Yeah. So I really lucked out. (laughs) Yeah, You really took one for the team that day, too, because Harmony and I were the only people in that house who drank coffee. It was like our little ritual every morning (laughs) was we'd have coffee together. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We can't go without a coffee maker. But it's it's, it would have been bad. It's dangerous to drive without coffee, though. That's what I learned that day. (laughs) (laughs) At least you didn't have to pay for that because it was his fault. It wasn't really his fault, though. It was completely my fault. Like, I hit his car. His car was not moving. And I that police officer, I think, like, did some stuff to make it his fault. I don't know. Well, if he was not parked correctly, then I guess he should have figured something was going to happen if his car wasn't properly parked. Yeah. I, th- <laughs> I think that he would have gotten in a lot of trouble with his insurance company because... uh being illegally parked is like kind of a it, it'll like really mess up your insurance rates and stuff mm-hmm. yeah yeah i don't know that was that was a moment of luck i feel like most of my driving stories have just been like me being lucky yet not not being roadworthy. what about you maggie have you had anything not like that but something <laughs> i have never been in an accident and i've never gotten a ticket i am very lucky <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah Uh, I think that the only thing that happened, I wasn't driving, I was just a passenger in the car, but um, Damien, we were at school again, and we were on the hunt for um, street parking, and we found a spot, and he really wanted to get it because we'd been looking for a while, Uh, so he decided that he was just going to like try and turn in to the like parallel park because we were on the wrong side of the street. And he did it way too fast and he crashed into the, uh, oh my gosh, the curb and he popped his front tire. Uh, and that was really the only the only accident experience I've ever had. I think my mom got in a car accident when I was a kid, but I have not. That's a good thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I know, Harmony, you've also mentioned that you got in a fight with a cop. Oh, yeah, kind of. I like pulled a Karen. That's my white girl privilege coming out. <laughs> Um, yeah, there was a time when I was driving, I was, we were all out of college at this point. I was driving to meet our college friends, uh, cause they had all gathered near where we used to live and I was driving from Vermont and I had to work. So I was coming super late at night and, um, I hadn't been to this particular place where they were yet. And so I was using the GPS and the GPS tried to take me on this like weird, not road. Like it was a really narrow road, but I'm used to driving in country places. So like I'm used to going on dirt roads and I was like, oh, this must just be some sort of shortcut. But it was really muddy and really dark. And the GPS was trying to get me to go on this like narrow little 
road that had tire marks on it. And so I went through, but it was icy here for some reason, even though it was spring, like there was still ice on the ground in this road and very, very muddy. And so I'm driving and then suddenly like my, my car is kind of like not doing too hot because I only have two wheel drive. It can't really handle all of this ice and, and road stuff. But suddenly like I slide a little bit and then my car is like half off the road and almost like ready to topple into a ditch with a river, like a little stream across it. So I got out of my car and freaked out and I think I called my dad and he didn't answer. And then I think I called my boyfriend and he didn't answer. And then I um, eventually tried to call the local police officers and they were like, oh, you've got the wrong district. You need to call these people. So I finally found the right people to call. And I called them and I was like, hey, my car is hanging off of a cliff. Um, Is there like something we can do? Like, I'm I'm worried it's going to topple into the river. I'm inside of it. Uh, Should I get outside? It's really cold outside. (laughs) And uh, they yelled at me. They yelled at me. They were like, I can't believe you drove on that road. That's not a road. And I was like, well, there were no signs and there were tire marks. And uh, yeah, the officer was really, really rude to me. And he kept on yelling. Um, And I think I got like really snippy with him back. I was like, why are you yelling at me? Like, this is your fault. If you know that people have, because I guess this is not the first time people had driven on this road. I was like, if you know people, if, if you know that GPSs are going along this road, why have you not blocked it off? Like, this is your property. So he came eventually and he like apologized to me for yelling at me for being on this road. And I was crying and like not very happy with him. And um, they hired a tow truck and it cost like $500, which at the time was way too much money. I think I I had to borrow the money from my boyfriend and pay him back because I didn't have $500 in any of my accounts. And they looked up my car and discovered that apparently it was unregistered because I still had it registered in Massachusetts and had not registered it in Vermont. And I didn't know this because my mail was going to my excommunicated stepmother's house and so the police officer like almost arrested me because I was driving a it was unregistered by a month I think it was a month late registration on this vehicle yeah but it it turned out okay and I eventually made it (laughs) I eventually made it to my friend's house a little shaken up that's rough man I was not there at the time I will say though going off of that Harmony that like kind of road was really common where we lived like when we wanted to go uh to Northampton Massachusetts which was where all the fun things were and was like an hour and a half away from where we lived uh we had to drive down a dirt road that somebody carved in the middle of their farm yeah so like <laughs> I, like I probably would have done the, the same exact thing and turned on it because like that stuff was just common there yeah lots of dark dark roads where you can't see above like three feet in front of you in the woods. (laughs) It was a scary experience, actually. Not so funny, mostly scary. Well, it's funny, I guess, now that when you think back about it, but not in the moment. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The cop let me off, too. So, like, he didn't end up arresting me. And that was also good because I don't think I could have afforded bail. (laughs) I'm just trying to picture what would have happened if you had called Emily and been like, look, I'm in jail and I need you to come get me. (laughs) I did call her and she like wasn't able to come get me from the place. So I was terrified. 
I was like, I'm going to be stranded in this nowhere town on this crazy road and my car is going to fall into a river and I'll never be able to work again. (laughs) Did they have you get out of the car or did you say or did you stay in it? No, they had me get out. They were very angry. The tow truck guy was angry. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Everyone was angry. (laughs) Everyone was angry. I was angry at the cop for being so rude. And then I was very apologetic once I found out that uh, my car was unregistered. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It seems like you get yourself in quite a lot of situations. (laughs) Yeah. We joke that I am the orphan child. So people are constantly like having to adopt me because I'm constantly running around places where I know no one with no money. Um, just kind of trying to like force, force adulting to happen and forcing things to work out. <laughs> By people, you mean me. <laughs> no, you, but also actually, so Maggie taught me how to drive, but in before I was able to like scrounge up like $70 before each of my driving tests to get someone to um, be in the car with me and like go over the driving test with me before I went. And I've met a really cute couple that kept on giving me cookies. And I think they gave me a few free extra driving license as well. I, I actually I always have people that adopt me. My car used to constantly fall apart. And like my coworkers, my older boomer co-workers would come in and like help me tape it back together yeah wow. it's not just you maggie everyone <laughs> adopts me <laughs> seems like you have like a magnet just to attract people yeah it's called helplessness <laughs> the damsel in distress thing <laughs> harmony's got those doe eyes you know i'm just kind of i am the orphan child i'm like i have no one here in the world please take pity <laughs> and then everyone comes <laughs> Yeah, and then they come. They come and they take pity, and somehow I I scrape by okay. (laughs) Except for that cop, he was not taking pity that day. (laughs) Hey, he didn't. I mean, he didn't arrest you. Yeah, yeah, that's true. true. Yeah, so that's a blessing. So we have one final question for you guys. If you could make one new driving law, what would it be? Hmm. 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 I would make U-turns illegal. U-turns really freak me out. So I would love if I never had to do a U-turn again. I would probably say that you have to take your, like, take a re-up on your driving test, like, to keep your driver's license every couple of years. Oh, gosh, no, Maggie. Why would you do that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, because I think that people would be better drivers if they were constantly forced to, you know, play by the rules. It's so expensive, Uh, though. It would, they would be free, for sure. (laughs) Uh, but I also just think about it sometimes with older drivers, like when my grandma was getting really old and she was still driving, like that was, that was a no-go. That was, that was bad. She would just go through red lights and stuff and I'd be like, grandma, please don't kill me. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Do you think there's an age that people should just stop driving? No, No. I think it's different for different people because different people age differently. Yeah, for sure. For my grandma, it was just one of those things where like she hit a certain point and she just clearly like wasn't seeing the lights the way she should have, you know? And I feel like once that happened, we tried to get her to stop driving, but she lived just far enough away from all of the rest of her family that like she really needed to be able to drive. And it was like a tense situation. But that's kind of part of the reason why I think that you should have to re-up on your driver's test because then everyone's getting checked up on throughout their lives. And you can tell, you know, there's a there's 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 a system in place. My grandma did a very similar thing. And I remember my senior year of high school, like right after we graduated high school, 
going down with her to the place where she lived in Virginia and having to accompany her to a court case because she had so many driving violations. And I remember like going up there with her and she immediately like handed up and became the little old lady figure. And she started like hobbling to talk to the judge and like looking as though she was going to fall down. And I was really scared being there because I was 18 and had never been in a courtroom before. So she did like the same thing that I do with the pity thing. And the judge took pity on her and somehow she scraped by without any, without having to pay anything or without losing her license. Wild. (laughs) (laughs) Seems like you guys just have luck. (laughs) Yeah, lots of luck. Do you guys have any final thoughts or any tips for other drivers? Use your turn signals and stop (laughs) honking like unnecessarily. There's no reason to honk unless you know that somebody is going to hurt you. Like if somebody is is drifting into your lane, then it's okay to honk. But use the honk sparingly. It freaks me out and it makes me a worse driver. Uh, I think for me... You should be not like me and you should really try and keep your zen while driving because road rage just stresses you out and it doesn't accomplish anything. So uh, do as I say, not as I do. Great tips. Before we let you guys go, where can our listeners find you if they want to check you guys out or listen to your show? Um, They can find us wherever, I think. I think we're on all the podcast apps. So if you look up Rebel Girls Book Club, you can find our show you can also find us on Instagram at RGBC Pod and on Facebook at Rebel Girls Book Club and on Twitter at Rebel Girls Book One. What Harmony said. All of those <laughs> things are correct. Or if you really want to talk to us, you can email us at rebelgirlsbookclub at gmail.com. That is true. We don't get enough emails, so email us. Yeah, no one wants to talk to us. It's very <laughs> sad. Well, now that you've asked, you'll get all of them. Yes. Yes, please. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. We had a blast listening to all your crazy driving experiences. Thank you for having us. We really had a good time. Or at least I did. I guess I'm going to lump Harmony in with you now. (laughs) We're we're one conglomerate human. We are the same. Yes, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. It was very fun. Wow, Harmony has, I feel like, been through way more than I would expect. Like, she... Her short, she's a short time span that she has been driving, but she's driven a lot during that time. And I feel like she's been through the amount of things that people go through in their entire lifetime career of driving. Or some people may not even experience these things that she has experienced. She like attracts, not only attracts getting stuck in these sticky situations, but she at the same time attracts help all the help. <laughs> all the help at the same time so she is not stuck in those situations for long which i mean i guess is good you have these crazy stories that you're like wow i survived this because then magically all these people were there to help me <laughs> i know i wish like she was in my car when i was in these situations because then maybe people would have come <laughs> and helped and also i think that is it's really great that maggie and Damien taught Harmony how to drive, even when her own parents gave up on teaching her how to drive, even though it was stick shift, but still. Yeah, you would think, like, in those situations, your parents would continuously, I guess, try to push you, but her parents were like, there's no hope. (laughs) 
Yeah, and Maggie's story of having to drive cross-country and then the GPS, like, rerouting them through the Rocky Mountains instead of around. Oh my gosh, when she shared that story of the GPS, re- like, routing her to a different direction, I immediately thought of how we've heard of GPSs bringing people to, like, the edge of where a road just ends and, like, you shouldn't blindly trust the GPS. I always worry that our, the GPS is going to bring me in a location where it's just like, well, now where do I go? There's nowhere to go from here. Exactly. I mean, that kind of happened to Harmony where it turned her down some random road oh, that right. you would legit think it is a road because there are roads that are, like, non-roads, but people drive them and then it took her to a cliff. I'm like, oh, Hello. I mean, you should be paying attention to your surroundings, but at the same time, if you're like, oh, yeah, the GPS said this place, fine. And, and then it's a it's new like, place. And then Cliff. <laughs> yeah. Well, everything ended okay, so happy endings. Well, that's all for this week's episode. If you have any interesting driving stories and would like to be a guest on the show, fill out the interest form on our website at drivewithuspodcast.com. And stay tuned till the end of this episode for a sneak peek of next week's episode, where we are joined by Felix from Where's This Going Podcast, where we talk about what it's like being a new driver and what it was like taking the driver's test right before the pandemic started. Thanks for driving with us. Love this episode of Drive With Us? Leave us a review on iTunes or Podchaser and connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at Drive With Us Podcast. And now, a sneak peek. The first time that I took my driver's test, I actually hadn't practiced driving in a month. I get in the car with my driving instructor, and she's like, are you going to hurry up? But I had no idea what that sign meant, so I just cut straight through the left. So she starts yelling at me.